Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me Jay and I'm with my girl Nina and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Hi Nina, Mina. Hello. <laughs> You're so silly. <laughs> you do the intro, I feel like it gets better and different almost every Every time. time. I mean, why not? I think just flatlining it, everyone be like, next. I know, then I need to... I need to like level up no, on my closeout. Your closeout is, listen, I tried to attempt it. I have so much respect for you. <laughs> the closeout, listen, I just say, hey, Slay, hey, what's good? You know what I mean? That's it. You close it out. Like I tried it. I was reading. <laughs> I get to do it. Oh have, my God. I no, it was great, good. I know, but I have a great appreciation for you closing it out. Well, thanks. But I enjoyed Hey, Slay, hey. Because I get to be you for just 13 seconds. It was amazing. <laughs> And you do the best. I think if anyone is going to like be me, it's going to be you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks. That's a lot of shoes that's to a, fill. That's a big, some big shoes to fill. Big shoes. So guess what today is? What's good? We are going to bring in a salon owner. What? And an educator. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. And she is from the South. Oh, I love a Southern girl. I know you do. <laughs> I do. I know you do. So I'm so excited <laughs> that we have um, joining us today. And we're going to talk about all the goods. We're going to talk personal. We're going to talk business. Um, we're going to laugh. We may cry too. Um, but I'm just so excited to have on the podcast, Miss Jessie Carter. Welcome to the podcast, girl. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Of course. Oh my God, you're such a sweet angel, baby. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> He's like, wait till we get into it. Um, That's so, right. Jesse, I, I love you. You were one of the guests in my monthly membership program. I love everything that you are putting out there and sharing in the world. So why don't you first off tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jaylee Hair. Um, it's two H's. It looks a little weird, but that's where I'm at, um, at Jaylee Hair. And you will find funnies, you will find hair color, and you will find my cute little family. Um, so it's a little bit of it all. Love it. I love that. Oh, she's so sweet. And so we're going to dive in a little bit about um, your career. And I know okay. yeah, you're... Let's like rev this up, honey. Right. Let's don't stop. Get it, get it with Jesse, baby. <laughs> All right. Gorgeous. Tell hey. us how you got into the beauty industry and why you chose this career. Um, well, I got into the beauty industry, I would say, 10-ish years ago. Um, uh, my parents wanted me to go to real school, is what we called it. Um, <laughs> and my dad wanted me to get a four-year degree at, and then wanted me to go to hair school, but um, that didn't happen. So I was living in Milledgeville, Georgia, and I decided that I wanted to go to hair school while I was there. Um, while I was there, I got kicked out of hair school. Oh, you did? Yes. Tell us why. I want to know why. Tell us why. I was a little mouthy, you know. I, um, my teacher would tell me to do things a certain way, and I would do them the opposite way and get the same result because that's how my mind worked. Yeah. And uh, she didn't like that, I guess. I don't know. So I got kicked out, and I switched to night school. And during that time, I was working at a salon, and I worked there for a little bit. 
And then I worked at another salon like 45 minutes away. And then I just felt like I needed to come home. Long story short, um, I opened my own salon because something that I found that was missing in the industry um, is client experience. And um, teamwork atmosphere. I know a lot of people preach that and a lot of people talk about that. Um, but that's what we have here is client experience is number one and teamwork is right there with it. They're about tit for tat. Um, there's nothing else that I would rather do than to do hair and to change lives. I feel like you're not only changing someone's hair or giving them a haircut, like you're giving them energy and you are giving them like a soul fix, you know? So it's not just, Hey, Jesse's coloring my hair today. No, Jesse's going to talk to me and invest in me today. And Jesse's going to give me a wonderful client experience. So then in six weeks, I'll come back. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm like obsessed with that. And I totally agree with you with the team-based atmosphere in the salon, because when I was a salon owner, I went through all the routes. I was like, went through all of them, but my golden time as an owner was when it was team-based and mm -hmm. it really delivers a guest experience when everyone's working together for a greater goal, right? right. Um, what are some ways, I have a quick question. What are some ways that like you set boundaries for that? Like coming right into like your team, right? For like team-based, um, like what needs you want to go that route? Um, working in salons and educating all over like the South and even some like across to the East coast, um, and anywhere in between, I have found that a lot of hairstylists are like me, 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 me. This is my haircut. This is my technique. This is mine. This is mine. And I have a different approach to that. I feel like it's ours. And um, you can't invest, obviously, I'm 32, I think. I don't know. I might be 33 this year. Like, <laughs> eventually, there's going to be, and there's, like, younger stylists, like, coming up, you know? And I want to, like, leave an impression. And I would like them to, like, want to work here and want to be here to grow. Um, I actually have a stylist here that is going to be getting married and moving to Louisiana. But she, in June or July, so she's only going to be here for a year. And so she chose to work here because she knew that she would get a team-based atmosphere. She would know how to um, have a great consultation with her client and that she would be, like, jam-packed full of education. And so I just have found, luckily, um, like-minded stylists and that's the beautiful thing about this is, you know, um, in this industry, people come and people go and that's fine. But for whatever time period that you're here, whether it be six months, six years, six days, like it doesn't matter. Um, I want you to take something away from J studio. I love that. And so actually you're causing me to go into this little segue. I don't even have to pivot because it's really <laughs> know, kind of leading it. me into it. So you are in Georgia. You're in Atlanta, correct? No, I'm in Vidalia, which is like three and a half hours from Savannah. I mean, from Atlanta. 
and I'm like an hour and a half from Savannah. So okay. I'm in the country. You are in the country. Okay, that's cool. That's great. And so this, and, and harder yes, for, for you probably to find hairstylists. And this is my question for you. So you're, you're a commission-based salon, correct? Correct. So commission-based, but working, you know, together as a team. And right. so one of the biggest questions that I receive from salon owners is how do I find hairstylists? I know that you are in transition as well because you moved into a new space, a new location. And I think I just want you to give some tips or maybe how you search for hairstylists, how you find them, how you, you know, it's brand, it has to be brand consistent. I know that's very important for you. I know your faith is very important to you. So that plays a part into it. So kind of maybe walk us through that a little bit and give some tips on finding hairstylists that not just any hairstylist, but stylist fit your brand. Um, well, truthfully, um, I had three chairs where I was and it was like 600 square foot super small. In this new building, I have 1,400 square foot and I have eight chairs. So that's like biting off another animal. But, you know, I just felt that that's what, what I was like led to do. Um, um, I have prayed a lot and um, I had this like post that I wanted to like post about join our team. We're hiring. And I never posted it. I would like type it out and never press send or never press post. And I've literally had three people come to me for jobs that fit the brand, that work well with the team that I have, and that are perfect for the store. And I feel like I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, when I sit down and interview them and talk to them for the first time, this might sound really strange, but I learned this in one of my evolved trainings. Nina, you might tell me that this is so wrong, but or give me some advice to how to how to do this a little bit better. But um, one of the first questions: um, Who would you like to eat dinner with? Anybody, dead, alive, age doesn't matter. Who do you want to sit down and eat dinner with? Like, mm-hmm. and some people like depending on their answers, they're going to tell you where their values. So somebody's like, I'm going to eat dinner with my grandma. Okay, cool. They like their family, you know. Um, Some famous singer, okay, you're real, like, into that, like, scene, you know, and that's fine. Um, But it shows you where someone's heart is, Mm -hmm. and it shows you where their – not where their loyalty lies. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It just shows you, like, kind of where they're at. And if they're a good fit. Well, yeah. And I think, listen, I think questions that are outside of the box are always great questions to ask. And I love, you know, I love that you're asking that question because I think it's, it, you're right. It shows, it shows you who they are and kind of where their mind is, what their mindset is. And I always thought, I always think, and I used to ask this question um, in my interviews too, is what would you do if you want a million dollars? Um, because that just went through my head. Really? I'm not kidding. Yep. Yeah. I used to ask that question. That's because, a good one. Right. And I think it's, it's like an outside of the box question. And sometimes people look at you funny, but it really let me know just kind of like what you're saying. It let me know 
about their character and where their mindset was and where, you know, where their heart was and if they would, what they would do. And listen, there's no wrong or right answer to these questions, right? right? It's just getting to know them more on a personal level. So these stylists come to you, they found you. What, what is it that attracted them? Where are they finding you? See, I always ask them. I always ask, like, <laughs> what made you, so you, like, what made you want to contact me for a job? Because like, obviously, I mean, I don't know if this, this is like the, where you guys are located, but there's a salon on every corner, mm-hmm. you know, like there are so many salons, there's so many different vibes and, and that's fine. But like, what made you want to choose me? What made you want to choose this atmosphere? And I always get Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the store Instagram supports everyone here. Like if, if you look at Jaylee Hair Studio, um, there's pictures introducing the new staff. There's team pictures. There's pictures of us working. It's not just like my work. And there's some salons um, that the store page is only just the owner. And there's some salons out there that the owners won't let their stylists post their own pictures because they feel like it belongs to the store. Um, but I feel like um, this store isn't mine, it's ours. Mm-hmm. I just pay the bills. And I'm no better or no worse than our assistant or the guy that comes and picks out our trash. Like I help everyone all the time. And they, that's what they say is they feel that energy and they feel that vibe from our Instagram. And so my hope and my prayer is when you walk through the store that you, it's the same. Yeah. Like the presence that we have on social media is the same presence that you get when you walk in the door. Which is the goal, right? Which is the ultimate (laughs) goal. I mean, that's really the goal in having an Instagram or a website that someone feels that vibe and energy. They choose you, they click book now, they come in and now they feel the same vibe and energy when they come in. So, um, wow. I love that. I just have this, I I just have to tell you something, (laughs) Jesse. I went to high school my sophomore year in Statesboro, Georgia. Statesboro. Statesboro. I don't believe it. Statesboro High School, my sophomore What's their year. mascot? What's their mascot? I don't even remember. <laughs> but I, I literally played on their soccer team, and I don't even remember. I mean, this is like – They're like the Blue Devils. 32. Anyways, I went to Statesboro. I don't believe that. I did. I swear. For Can you please soccer. send me, like, your yearbook photo? Yes, I will. I need, I will. I need to see it. Yes. And your accent, your Southern charm, the way that you talk about, the way that you're a giver, like I miss Georgia and I never thought I would say that, but I was like, but I was around people like you and there's nothing like the South. And I'm so happy that you're on today and like everyone's listening to what's important for you, for what you deliver, being a salon owner and a stylist and you know, customer service and the way that you deliver your message with your brand. And I think the South just gets it right because it's just, it's like ingrained in you. Right. right? But I just had to show that because I did. (laughs) I I literally, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I went to Georgia, baby. Send the girl a picture. I did. I need to know. 
Yep, I will. I'll send you a pic. Wow. But I love that. And, you know, like it's so refreshing to hear a salon owner have so much passion and courage. What are some ways that you keep your team on track? Okay. Well, this like this morning, I did, I normally take my first client at 7.30. I drop my little boy off at 7. Um, spend some time listening to worship music and doing my makeup in my car. Okay. And then I come into work at like 7.20. And I didn't have anyone until 8 o'clock today. So we have this little local donut shop because, you know, we're not big enough for like Krispy Kreme or <laughs> Dunkin'. You know, we don't even have a target. I remember, baby. So I went to this local drunk. Yes, you already know. Um, So I wrote on a thing of donuts. I donut, do not, donut, and drew a donut. (laughs) What I do without a team like y'all. Can I come with? I know. I I want to do things. Guest artists. Yeah. I don't have a list. Yes, please. Oh yeah, that's probably it's fine. We can still we can you can um be my apprentice or something. It's fine. Yeah, I can make you some paper we'll get around it. Got we, it. We get donuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So not the local my store, heart. not the Krispy Kreme. That's okay. Do not break my heart. So yeah. Much. So I mean, I I try to do things like that often. Um, like what I do, like a sliding scale commission. Mm-hmm. And one of my girls hit the highest percentage four paychecks in a row, and I bought her a Dyson. Oh, yes. I love that. So um, everybody knows you hit that mark, your numbers are right four paychecks in a row, and you'll get a Dyson too. Mm. Yes. Mm. Well, I'm about to spend four paychecks time with you, baby right. girl. <laughs> The other thing I want to ask you about is your, um, so accountability, because this is, I believe where some salon owners do struggle a little bit. And I know you have a little sass in you, girl. I know you do. Never. Um, and so I want to know, because I know that you're so caring and kind and compassionate and you leave from, you lead from a very servant minded space, mm-hmm. but what happens and how do you hold your team accountable if something, and you don't, don't, you don't have to go into details here, but right. maybe it's coaching, right? What if they kind of fall off the wagon in terms of their performance or their goals or their benchmarks? What does the accountability side look like? Cause I want salon owners to understand the importance of praise and accountability. Yes. Oh, right. So recently, um, when we were first were when we first were gonna record this podcast, I got really sick, and I've only been working half days. And with the other half of my day, I've been like coaching and mentoring my team. And you know, even though I'm better, thank the Lord, um, I'm still gonna kind of keep at that schedule because it helps me like one on one with them. And um, I'll bring them into my office and we'll talk about goals and we'll talk about what's next for you. Um, do you feel like you're at a point that you want to add a service to your menu? If it is, let's find you a class. It's not something that Evolve offers or something that like I can't really get my hands on. Um, just let me know and we'll figure it out and figure out where to go. Um, but I always want them to grow and I always want to be able to push them to the next level. And whenever they are stagnant, 
I tell them I love them and I care about them, but you got to get it together. Yes. Yes. A little love, a little truth. A little <laughs> no, love. No, this is how you do it. You do, it's a sandwich. Yep. Mm-hmm. You love, you're hard, and you love. Yes. Sandwich it up. Mm, I yes. love that kind of delivery. Little love hard sandwich. I love it. <laughs> but what I also love is like, what I also love is that there's consistency in that. And there's a blessing in this discovery with like what you went through recently mm-hmm. and your schedule, right? Going half days and now you get this right. in more time. So there's a blessing in that. That oh, for sure. you woke on that, that you were like, hey, that actually works out um, as an yeah. owner. Because I feel like a lot of times owners, and I've lived in this space for a while, um, you're just behind the chair. And you can't mentor. And you don't have time to connect. So I love that you kept that half schedule so that you can spend time, check in, feel like what they're going through. Um, So now you can like pay attention to what's really happening out. Right. And like, I care about you and I care about your work, but I care about you outside of work too. Right. And I care that you're okay. Right. A lot of salon owners are just like, make me money. Like, of course, who, who doesn't want to make money, but like, if you're not happy, then let's figure out what we can do to change that, whether it be at work or at home. Love. Yes. Because they do run side by side, you know, home, home life, work life. I mean, they're parallel lines. Yes, for sure. And I just want to add this too, because I know you're so busy because you're an educator for JBEV. And so I know that you travel, you travel a lot too. And so how do you balance traveling, managing a team, moving into the new space? You have a family. Like, how do you navigate through that? Good question. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I just do it. Um, my mom, like I chose to like live in Vidalia because my parents are here. And, um, whenever I moved back home, like my mom and I were talking about like me doing here on a cruise ship. We're going just to do something fun because I was 25 and single living at home with my parents, you know? And um, I decided to stay here. And let me tell you why. Because I wanted my children to be able to have a grandparent to come to grandparents to lunch. And I wanted my children to have like a bond with my parents. And I know that with, this industry, it's not like you're a school teacher and I can be like, okay, I'm going to go work here, but then I'm going to come home later. Like you have to build yourself up and you have to build a brand and you have to like make a name for yourself. And I just decided to do that here because of my family. So the support system is exactly how I make that happen because my mom's here. Um, she keeps my little boy. Um, like this past, these past six weeks, um, I've been so sick. My husband's been out of town for six weeks. Oh, my oh wow. Goodness. The whole time I was sick. So it's been like me, my mom, my little boy, and my husband's been home for two weeks. Thank the Lord. And um, he, like, saw me when I was okay. He, like, missed all the brunt of it. But, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, so a good support system for sure. 
And yeah, I'm well, that is so incredibly important. And I know family is so important to you. And, you know, I love your positive outlook and your bubbly personality. And I know you've worked so hard with your space and your salon. Um, But we also know on the flip side of that, there is always some sort of struggle and some sort of pain that goes along with that. And I want to talk about this and I, you know, I want to just preface this before we go into this, you know, you're going to be sharing your story. Um, We aren't giving any advice in terms of what is going to work best for you as we're not doctors, but I think this sharing your story is going to be so impactful for everybody um, listening in, in some way, shape or form. And so why don't you just kind of go through, because I know we're going to talk about your family, but I, I want you to share with us maybe some of the struggle or maybe one of the times that was one of the biggest struggles in your, in your life and then how you worked through that. Um, so this could go one of two ways and I'll let you guys pick. We could talk about after I had Graham, who's my little three-year-old and postpartum, or we could talk about the most recent super struggle. So... Or we can talk about both. I don't care. You pick. I think we should maybe do, I think we should do both. I mean, I, I think let's start off with the postpartum because I know that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yes, please do. So, um, I feel like postpartum is something that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm, It's like one of those things that get like brushed under the rug. Like, oh, you had a baby. Let's be perfect. Let's be on Instagram. Let's go walk around the neighborhood. Let's put on like our skinny pants and have a body that we like haven't been pregnant for nine months, you know? And I was so, so shocked that after I had Graham, I don't even know what the heck I was thinking, but I like got up after he was born and I still look pregnant. And I was like, what is this? My stomach's not flat anymore. I mean, he's already, I've already had a baby. What is this? You know? So, um, body image issues, depression, anxiety are all things that I've like dealt with in my past. Like I was anorexic a little bit in high school and um, depression, anxiety kind of goes along like in that same Mm -hmm. circle of emotions and things. So um, I've taken medicine like off and on, but obviously when you're pregnant or my doctor, Different doctors recommend different things, but my doctor wouldn't let me take anything. Mm -hmm. And so um, after I had him, I remember uh, rocking him one night and feeling like he could have a better mommy. Like um, Eric could have a better wife. Um, There's a, like, why am I here? Like I felt like, I needed to drop him off at the babysitter and never pick him up. I like even remember like voicing that to my mom. And she was like, what are you talking about? Wow. I'm like, I don't know. But like, I, I didn't feel this is going to sound so bad. I didn't feel like an instant connection with my baby, the way that people talk about feeling that connection with their child. And, um, Eric was home. He was like in between jobs. And I'm so thankful for that because um, he was the mom and the dad. I remember like there being times that Eric had, like, cause I nursed Graham and there being times that Eric would just like put him in my arms and like make me feed him, you know? And um, from the outside, you, you would think that everything's perfect, but it's not. 
And so something, this is something that I try to be very vocal about with all of my clients. Like I just had a client leave with a three month old and I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah. And I was right. like, no, are you okay? Like, like, do we need to get, like, do you need to go to lunch? Do you need, like, some adult interaction? Like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm back on my meds. I'm fine. I was like, okay. But um, I, I've i seen a counselor for, like, four years, actually, in Statesboro. And whenever I was, like, super, super, super depressed about all of it, I remember, like, Eric just driving me, being like, I don't know what to do with you, but we're going to go see your counselor and we're going to figure it out. And that's when I started taking medicine again. And it was fine. Um, I'm not going to say medicine is a cure for everyone or everything, but I'm telling you that for me, it's like a chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. and it's not something that I can control. It's not um, a lot of times, like in the winter time when people can't be outside, like they get like seasonal, they call it seasonal depression. Yeah. Like mine isn't seasonal or situational. Mine's like all day, every day type situation. And so um, medicine has truly helped. And for me, myself, learning to be honest um, with my small group that we talked about in our um, video earlier, um, being honest with like a few core people like my husband and I have like a couple of friends and my mom being honest about where I'm at mentally has truly helped and not feeling judged or feeling like I can't take it anymore you know um but after you have a baby postpartum is real and it's ugly and nobody wants to talk about it so I have made it my mission to reach out to like mom that they might not even be struggling and they might not even know what postpartum is, but like they will know that I'm there for them. You know? I am so woke right now because listen, I am a privileged man, right? I am. And I am so thankful for your bravery because I have three sisters, right? Two of them are mothers And I know I've witnessed my friends that have gone through this. And I am so thankful that you're sharing this truth because it's reality. Like it's not for sure. Like whenever you're like, it's going to sound bad. I'm glad that you're saying it because there's so many women out there who are walking your truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I like as a man, I feel like, Every time I have like a woman on and they share their story, mm-hmm. I'm like an advocate. Like, I'm like, yeah. okay, now I know a little bit more and I research it so then I can help out any way that I can because I know I'm privileged. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't need, like, I would never experience that, but you're brave. Right. I'm going to shake souls on No Silas Left Behind. And I just commend your strength. And Thank you. We need to be talking about this more and good for you. And thank you for sharing yeah, it on here. Sure. I, I feel like there are so many people who go in hiding or they're mm-hmm. embarrassed or it's, it's one of those things that people don't really like to talk about, like you mentioned. And I think 
the more we talk about it, the easier it becomes for others to feel like it's okay to talk about. And again, you know, I have children, so I can't, um, I can relate to you, but not on that particular level. Right. Of course, I, I have friends who have experienced this and kind of help them, you know, just kind of work through it. And I've, I've seen it and I've seen what it, what it looks like and what it can do. And the biggest thing that you said was to be truthful and be honest with yourself and speak up and speak up. Yeah. Speak up. Yeah. Because, and, and to reach out, I mean, of course people can reach out to you as well. Cause I know that you're so right. hearing I will talk to anybody. Um, also, like even now, he's three and he's into everything, and you know he's so cute. But um, I still feel a little bit of mom guilt sometimes because, like you know, like a little kid scuts his knee or his or is sick, and they normally like want their mom. Well, Graham wants Eric mm. because they formed that bond. Right. Because I was so distant. You know, and even now, sometimes like I'll even ask his pediatrician because I'm psycho. Like, do you think this has anything to do with it? And she was like, no, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, um, I don't know. So um, she already knows I'm psycho. I blow her phone up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, I mean, at this point, and he's three, you're still, you're still working through this, right? I mean, what I know that you have your, your uh, church group that you, Right. That you share things with, which is very helpful. You know, what other pieces, what other advice could you give to someone maybe who is struggling or, you know, has been thinking about this or maybe not knowing what to do? I know that talking about it is so important, but I feel that there's such a stigma attached to, you know, being embarrassed about something like, like this, just like anxiety and depression, you know, now people are coming more, more forthcoming with sharing it. So what advice would you give to someone who is maybe struggling a little bit right now? You know, the, the one piece of advice that I think would make the biggest difference would be, don't be afraid to like tell your truth and don't be afraid to tell someone that like, you can't take it anymore because guess what? If they can't help you and they don't understand, then there's guaranteed somebody in their life that can, you know? And there's someone who has walked that journey that can help you through that journey. Hey, I'm here. I'll give you my cell phone number. We can talk on the phone. We can tag. Like, nobody should ever have to walk through that alone. You know, and there are times that I, like, get in my feelings, which is not very often because I'm kind of unfeeling sometimes. And I'm like, I tell my husband, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. You know? Mm, I love that so much. I am a raving fan of you. I am a raving fan of you. And I'm sorry, I was sleeping on your magic. I'm like, (laughs) my life has just changed. And I am forever grateful for this podcast with you, Nina. And I am, my soul is so moved. Like, I am a changed man. Yeah. Now come back to Georgia. I have to say, I do want to, like pivot a little bit if that's cool. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you so much for your bravery. And please, anyone out there who is going through this or feel like you just need someone to talk to, reach out to us. We can navigate you towards mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Our bay right here, open arms with her southern that's charm. Right. I can't. 
Um, but I do want to like go back to like the salon um, for the last question with you for like as a salon owner, what advice would you give stylists who want to be a salon owner and like making that shift? Like what are some tips you can give them? Um, so the best thing I ever did was like listen to what I knew my next step was. Um, like I prayed for a long time, like what's my next step? What's next? What's next? And I just literally went into work one day and was like, I can't work here anymore. And I called my husband and I was like, I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. But my dad is a contractor. Um, he owns a construction business. So like my dad, I'd already like talked to my dad. I talked to our friend that's a banker and I talked to Eric and we were all kind of like looking for things, you know, but not really in a hurry. And then all of a sudden it had to happen really fast. Yeah. That's how so it's, it's, it's go it's time. Like, it's, it's, it's time to go. Um, so I would say if you feel like that's your next step, like you're not going to get anywhere if you're like straddling the fence. If you're like half in and half out, you're going to be miserable because if you know in your heart that that's what's next for you and you don't listen to it and you're still straddling the fence, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to be better. You either need to like jump off the boat or stay in it. And I just jumped and it's been like, woo. Um, but I found a little space downtown and you know it was just me for a while and now two years later I'm in a 1400 square foot salon with eight chairs and I'm like who is this is this my life let me pinch myself (laughs) wow but you've been working I mean you've been working so hard toward this and I the level of um care and compassion that you have for people is what really shines through with your guests, you. but also with your stylist as well. And that's why you have people reaching out and wanting to work with you. And I think being a salon owner is the journey is different for everyone. Although there are so many ways that we can all relate to each other, um, being in different parts of the country and dem- demographics are different, but at the core really it, and I believe in being a salon owner is to genuinely care for other people and encouraging growth and being an inspiration for someone that maybe doesn't have yeah or giving them the you know empowering them and pulling out their truth so they know that it's okay that they can move forward with that and so I love that you said know your next step and listen to it because a lot of people stay stuck. They stay where they are because their fear of leaving is bigger than their dream. Yeah. So yeah, we, and it's like the fear of the unknown. Like they don't know what to do, how to do it. Um, and that's what held on to me for a long time. Was yeah. Like, what if this? What if this? Okay, well, guess what? We can't play this. I learned this from my counselor. You can't play this what if game in your head because it's not going to happen. You have to deal with what's in front of you and quit playing the what if game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so true. So, so true. I'm I so woke. Yeah. Listen to your, and your gut never steers you wrong. Your yeah. gut is always right. You just have to listen to it and then make the choice and commit. 
Absolutely. You're all, I know you, Jay, you're all about committing. Oh, I fully commit on everything I do. Mm-hmm. Sad, happy, great, bad. Yeah, <laughs> fully you, commit. You're in there. You have yeah. jumped off that boat. Yeah, you just do it. Wow. Well, Jesse, this has been just so moving and I just feel so, I mean, I already loved you because we've done some things together before, but I just love that you're so vulnerable and sharing something so personal to you because I know that um, it's important to you to share about postpartum and and helping other women who are going through this. So I'm so thankful. We're so thankful to have you today and share your beautiful, compassionate soul. I'm, like I said, I'm a raving fan and I'm going to go to bat for you. Yes. (laughs) Whatever you you need. I got you. Thank you. And thank you so much for waking up our tribe at No Cells Left Behind. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Absolutely. So as always, make sure that you follow um, Jesse. So it's J. Lee Hair, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. And then what is your salon? So they could follow you there. Um, J. Lee Hair Studio. Perfect. So make sure when you are done listening to this, you hop on and follow her. And of course, follow us at Nina Tulio and at it's Mr. J. Ladner. And if you need anything, you you want to share anything, share stories, share topics, all of that with us, please slide into our DMs. We love that. And thank you so much for sharing our podcast with your friends and other uh, stylist family members as well. So Guys, if you learn anything, I say this every time, but this is so true. If you learn anything from listening from us today, remember that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.